notice we have some visitors with us this morning from um, Ireland, and we'll hear more from them later, but guys, thank you all for reading. You did a wonderful job. We are talking about Matthew chapter 13 and um, some of the parables in Jesus during this brief little sermon series, and our focus is, is what do these parables have to do with us in terms of, of faith at home? And by faith at home... I mean, not just faith with children, but faith in your home. What does that look like at home? And so last week, we talked about what these parables mean. And what Jesus is doing is explaining the varied response to his message. He's proclaiming the kingdom of God is at hand. It's here now. And that's good news. And yet, most of the people who hear this don't want to hear it. They don't want to receive it. They, they reject Jesus. They reject his message. And so he tells us these parables to explain to us how such good news could be rejected. Why would anybody reject news like this? Last week we talked about the sower, the parable of the sower, and we found that some people reject it because the way their hearts have been prepared. We use the image of, of the soil. Some soil was hard. Some soil was rocky, some soil was, was among thorns. And in all those instances, there were some, uh, some difficulties in receiving the seed, in receiving the Word of God. It was either not received at all, received briefly, but then wilted in the face of persecution, or received and grown, but never bearing fruit because it was choked by the thorns. Of course, there was also the good soil, In which case, the Word of God fell and grew up and produced fruit. And all of those illustrations were used to explain why people respond in different ways to the gospel. And so this week, we have the parable of the weeds and the wheat. There's some scary words in this parable. Jesus talks about a fiery furnace. Jesus talks about weeping and gnashing of teeth. Things that us, especially in this particular denomination don't really care to talk about or think about sometimes. And so really this parable is about judgment. And it's going to help us this morning when we look at this, when we talk about judgment, we're also going to look at Paul's letter to the Romans. And what we see then is that the parable that Jesus tells us is about the reality of the kingdom of God, about the realities of the kingdom of God. But what Paul is telling us tells us about our place within this kingdom. Where do we stand in the kingdom of God? So we're in Matthew 13. The weeds and the wheat, Jesus just gets up and he says the kingdom of heaven is like, and what it's like this time is this sower, this farmer, who actually is, is not doing the planting. He's probably a man of some wealth. He has several, several uh, hired hands and they go and they plant wheat. But during the night, his enemy comes. His enemy comes, and apparently this was not uncommon. The enemy comes and plants weeds among the wheat. These weeds were probably something that's called darnel. And and this darnel actually looks like wheat. And they start growing together. The weeds grow, and the wheat grow together. And you can't really tell the difference. You can't really tell the difference until the wheat starts to produce fruit, and the darnel doesn't. And when that happens, you realize somebody's put weeds in your crop. And the problem with that is that these weeds are poisonous. And so if you harvest the wheat and you accidentally get a little bit of the weeds in it, 
you're going to make somebody sick. You might even kill them. And so the enemy has come and put poison in the field. And the, the solution of the owner, you know, he could have done a couple things. He could have raised the garden. He could have gone in and tried to get, get the wheat out of it so the wheat, get the wheat, excuse me, get the weeds out of it so the wheat could thrive. But he doesn't. His solution is to wait. To wait patiently. To wait until the harvest is ready and then get everything at once and separate wheat into the barn to be used, weeds into the fiery furnace to be burned. And so what is this parable telling us? What is it about? Well, it's about the kingdom of God. And it tells us, really, it tells us two things. One, it tells us about the kingdom of God right now. Right now. What is the kingdom of God like right now? And the other thing we learn is, what, what is the kingdom of God in the future? How is it perceived by us in the future versus how it's perceived right now? And when we look right now, what we realize is we live in a world where weeds and wheat grow together. Weeds and wheat, side by side, growing up. And so we live in this culture where even though the kingdom is present, remember Jesus' message, the kingdom of God is at hand. It's not the kingdom of God is coming. The kingdom of God is here. It is here now. And so Jesus, we live in this world where the kingdom is present, where the victory is won, where the wheat has been planted, where Jesus Christ is Lord, and yet the weeds remain. The weeds remain. And so we have our world today. And really, is this, is this hard to see? If you think about it, it's not really that hard to see. We come from the church we proclaim victory, we proclaim the, the risen Christ, and yet you watch five minutes or less, maybe 30 seconds of the evening news, and you realize that the weeds are everywhere. That this world isn't finished, that this kingdom isn't completed, this world is just as weedy as it ever has been. So one is what, what, what the world likes, what the kingdom of heaven looks like in the world, but what is not readily apparent, though I think is here in this parable, is not simply the kingdom of heaven in the world now, but what is the kingdom of heaven in our lives? What does it look like in our lives? In a life that knows the kingdom is present, that knows the victory of one, that knows that Jesus Christ is Lord, yet a life that still sins. We all have weeds in our hearts. We all have weeds. Jesus is transforming us to a greater degree of glory yeah, we still have weeds in our heart. When, when I was younger, when I first became a Christian, I used to look ahead down my Christian walk and think, wow, this will be really great when God can really start making me holier, when it becomes easier for me not to sin. That'll be really good. But now the problem is, well, it's not a problem, it's good. The closer I get to God, the more sin I realize I actually have. The closer I get to God, the, and in some sense I become holier because God is working on me and he's taking sin away, but he's revealing new sin all the time. So things that I didn't even know existed 10 years ago are foremost in my life now. And so that's what the kingdom of heaven looks like. It's, it's here, but it's not yet here. It's an already, but not yet. Already, but not yet. But there is good news There's the age to come, 
And so this parable, while it tells us about the now, it really focuses on what's to come. When the weeds and the wheat are separated, and the weeds are cast into the fire, where there's much weeping and gnashing of teeth. And so really what this parable is about is judgment. It's about judgment, the God who judges us on the last day. Now, we, we like to shy away from that topic. Well, I don't want to talk about judgment. We'll keep it over here. We'll talk about Jesus. You know, he's love. God is love. That's good stuff. But judgment is not fun. But it is, really, actually. I think we should rethink judgment. Because do we want a God who accepts sin? No. Do we want a God who accepts weeds? Do we want a kingdom where the weeds and wheat continue to grow together? Do we want eternity that doesn't look anything different than this world right now? No. By all means, no. And so we need judgment. We need a God who judges sin. So verse 41, where are we? Verse 41, the Son of Man will send His angels, and they will gather out of His kingdom all causes of sin and lawbreakers, and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So we we want God to judge sin. We want a kingdom that is free from suffering, that is free from pain, that is, in the words of Revelation, a place where God will wipe away every tear from our eye. That's what's coming. That's what we want. That's judgment, friends, and it's good, and it's glorious. So we've got this reality of kingdom of heaven, a place where, where, where sin and righteousness somehow are dwelling together, but a place where sin will be judged, where evil will be cast out. And this is good news. And so now that we know what's happening in the kingdom, let's turn to Paul and see what that means for us. What is our standing in this kingdom? Romans chapter 8. If you read Romans chapter 8, you have to start at verse 1. If you start at verse 20 or verse 30, that's fine, but it all goes back to verse 1. And in verse 1... Paul says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Say that with me. This is amazing. There is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. None. So why is that? Well, the why we talk about a little bit this morning. We read, the Spirit of God has set us free. When we believe in Jesus Christ, we receive His Spirit, and that Spirit sets us free. And we get to verse 14, and Paul says, in my translation, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons. Adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. And so really, we've got laid before us two options. One is to be without Christ, to be without redemption, to be without His Holy Spirit. And Paul says that choice is to be a slave to fear. And the reason for that is because outside of Christ, we stand condemned. We stand with the weeds. And so when we approach God, we approach God in fear. We approach His judgment in fear. However, when we are in Christ, 
we stand before God adopted as children of God. As children of God. And so we come before God and, and, and we still sin and we know we have weeds in our heart, but we can come before God not fearfully, but confidently because we are His sons and daughters. We can approach Him in love. And the fact that we're sons and daughters means we're also heirs to His kingdom. Jesus is an heir to the kingdom of God and we share in that inheritance. And so Jesus received new life when He died. Jesus received resurrection. Jesus received power and gave power through the Holy Spirit to the children of God. And that's our inheritance as children. That's what we experience to a degree now, but we'll experience more in the future. And so Paul says all these great things, but he knows it's not totally true yet, because in verse 17, he's talking about inheritance. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Paul knows about the weeds. Paul knows the weeds are growing up with the wheat. He knows there's suffering. He knows there's persecution. He knows there's death. In fact, Paul knows it's not just our problem. The whole creation is suffering. Verse 19, the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of gods. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it. In our sin, in Adam's first sin, we've subjected this whole world, this whole creation, to futility, Paul says, to suffering. So you, we, we wonder about the, the turmoil in the world, hurricanes and earthquakes and tornadoes, and the fact that that wrecks havoc on us is a direct product of our sin. The whole creation is fallen. And then Paul gives this amazing image. This amazing image of what that is like right now. The creation is groaning in the pains of childbirth. Obviously, I don't know what this is like, but I've been told about the pains of childbirth, and they're not fun, per se. They're hard, and it's difficult. But look what is waiting you on the other side of that. If I was a mom, that would be the only thing that could get me through it, is this glorious child that you get to hold and love and raise. That all this pain, this suffering, is glorious because look what's coming. And that's what we're waiting for. That's how we're waiting. That's how the whole creation is waiting. We're groaning and we're waiting patiently and expectantly of the world to come. Patiently and expectantly for judgment of all things. Because we know in that day of judgment, God will cast out the weeds. And it'll just be the children of God. No suffering, no pain. A place where there are no tears. So let's bring this all together. On that day, look around you. Look around you. Every person that you see in this room will come to that day and will stand before the judgment seat of God. Every person. And the question we have to ask is, what are we going to say? What are we going to say when God asks us to give us an account for our lives? A lot of people, they might say something like this, well, I sure hope the good in my life outweighs the bad. Because even if you don't believe a single thing that I'm telling you right now, in your heart of hearts, you know 
You know that things are not quite like they should be. You know that you're falling short. Falling short of what you've been made to be. Falling short of what you've been made to do. You know that. And so when we get before the judgment seat of God and we acknowledge that, are we going to say, wow, I hope my good stuff outweighs my bad? Friend, if you come with that, if you come with I've done the best I can, you've come with nothing. You have nothing. No basis, no standing before a holy and glorious God who knows the weeds of your heart. But if we come before the judgment seat of God, if we come there and God says, give me an account of your life, what is it about you that has earned you heaven? And we say, what is it about me that has earned me heaven? It's Jesus Christ. I am righteous in Jesus Christ. I am righteous because of the blood of the cross. If we can come before God and say that, that is a glorious thing. That is a glorious judgment. It's not about what we've done or how good we've been or how much good and bad and these, these scales of justice. is none of that. It's just Jesus Christ. And if we can come before God and say, I've been adopted as your son in Christ Jesus, then we can look ahead to judgment with, with expectation and glory and hope. So what then... What then are we to say? What then are we to do this week? Um, perhaps if, if we take this faith at home angle, what are we to say to ourselves and to our neighbors and to our children? Well, there's three things. Three things I want you to know. I want you to know these things in your heart of hearts. Remind yourself daily, weekly, monthly. Know these things. Know, know your present circumstance. Know the present reality that there are weeds and there's wheat in this world. And these weeds are poisonous to our faith. These weeds will poison us if we let them. If we don't come running daily to the cross of Jesus Christ. And so, for your children, protect them. Protect them from these weeds. When they're young, especially, and they're formative, but always, just protect them. Don't shelter them. Don't pretend like this is some glorious world. Don't put them in a wheat-only bubble because then when the time comes and they see the weeds, they're not going to know what to do. But protect them while they're young, as they grow. Protect them from what they're watching on TV, what they're seeing on Facebook, what they're learning at school, not necessarily from their teachers, but their friends. Protect them. Protect yourself. What are, what are you watching? What are you seeing? What are you doing online? This is all poisonous, and it will kill you. It will kill you. Know your present circumstance. Know that there's weeds. Don't be innocent of them. Protect yourself. Not only know your present, know the future. Know that we have hope. Know that the day that the weeds are attacking, that they're coming after you when there's death and suffering and disaster surrounding you, that there will be a day when these weeds are gone. They will be no more. And so again, if we're thinking about our children, if they're having a hard time, remind them of what's coming. Don't minimize their feelings. These are real. These are true. These are sorrows that they have. They're sorrows that we have. But there's something more to come. Remind yourself of that daily. Know that. Know your future. And finally, and, and perhaps I would say most importantly, 
Know who you are. Know that you have been adopted by the creator of the universe. That's our father is the creator of the universe. That's amazing. Know your identity. We have family identities. We're shaped by our parents and our grandparents. And that is good. But who we really are more so than that is we're children of God. Our ancestors didn't only come over here from England. Our ancestors are Abraham and Isaac and Joseph. Our, Abraham, our ancestors are Moses. Our ancestors are John the Baptist and Jesus Christ himself. Know that. Know that with your whole heart. And so we've seen the kingdom of heaven, like weeds and wheat growing together for a season. Difficult times, times of suffering, times of persecution even but also a time in which judgment will come. One day it will come. And to that we rejoice. We rejoice at the separation of weeds and wheat. And on that day we will rejoice, not just us, not just this church, not just the body of Christ, but the whole creation will rejoice in our adoption as sons and daughters of God. If you would please pray with me. Lord Jesus, we give you thanks. We give you thanks from the bottom of our hearts. We give you thanks that we cannot even express. Thank you, Lord, for our adoption, our adoption as sons. We wait, Lord, patiently and expectantly for your judgment. And Lord, as we wait, make us vigorous, vigorous to protect ourselves, to protect our children, Make us even more vigorous to proclaim your gospel while there's still time. That more and more wheat would be ripe for harvest and that we could look upon the day of your judgment in hope and expectation that we can say together eagerly um, with John in his book of Revelation, that we can say together, come Lord Jesus, come. Amen.